Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, you health renaissance people. Okay, today we're going to talk about, um, I know the show's titled Pharmaceutical Apocalypse, but think of this, prescription therapy, a second opinion. Now, this is hugely important. We're going to have a, a lot of information that the government won't allow, and all those people that are supporting the Dr. B VIP, I mean, it's it's $29 a year, okay, or two ninety seven a month, but it allows us to post our videos and the links and everything where the government can't wipe us out. So that's a real plus. And all those supporting Extreme Health Academy, I mean, get on there. You can still get on there for the uh, Bergman 14 as the code. You get two weeks for no charge. Okay, big, big thing happened just a couple of days ago. A Senate bill passed in California called AB 2098. Now, in the analysis, okay, get this. This is from Senate Business Professional Economic Development Committee. Summarize the AB 2098. Quote, makes disseminating misinformation as defined or disinformation related to COVID-19, including false or misleading information regarding the nature and risks of the virus, its prevention and treatment, and the development, safety, and efficacy or effectiveness of COVID-19 vaccines by a physician and surgeon unprofessional conduct. So think of that. If you're a physician or surgeon and you say that the vaccines aren't safe and effective and that your age um, might not be appropriate or there's a risk-benefit. So let's go over this first. Misinformation and disinformation. What's the difference? I know what you're going to say, one letter. Now, let's look at the meanings. Misinformation is wrong information. It's a false account or intelligence. Uh, it's just inaccurate information. So if you were in the 1300s and you said, you know, the the sun revolves around the earth, um, you might be considered correct at the time. And then you get new information, uh, then the earth actually revolves around the sun, unless you're a flat earther. So that's still a point of contention to some. But generally, it's considered normal. It's like... Um, a lot of different scientific data, such as math or geography, all of these sciences have changed. If you were a physician in the 1300s, you thought injecting mercury was good, and now we know that it's a toxin. So you can be presenting information thinking that it's factual and then it's not factual. Now, disinformation is deliberately misleading information. Uh, announced publicly or leaked by a government, especially intelligence agency, used to influence public opinion. So disinformation, there have been disinformation campaigns which are deliberately misleading or biased information, manipulated narratives or facts. It's, It's called propaganda. Now, what this section is, and this is the actual bill, And I want to read just a couple of parts of this. And it will make sense when we talk about the pharmaceutical control of our lives. Number one, um, quote, the global spread of SARS-CoV-2 virus, SARS-CoV-19, has claimed 6 million lives worldwide and nearly 90,000 Californians, period. Now, 
we know now that this is completely wrong. The CDC, from when they wrote the bill, they um, we know now that the numbers are 96% off. Those that tested with a positive COVID that died, okay, versus those that had multiple 3.8 comorbid conditions. So even the CDC data says that that number is 94% off. But let's not get into that yet. B, quote, data from Federal Centers for Disease Control and Prevention shows that unvaccinated individuals are risk of dying from COVID-19 is 11 times greater than those who are fully vaccinated, end of quote. We also know that this is not true, okay? We know that there is a negative efficacy, particularly when you get the second, the third, and the fourth shot, that um, it actually weakens your immune system response. Okay, point three, the safety and efficacy of COVID vaccines have been confirmed thoroughly evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration, and vaccines continue to undergo intensive safety monitoring by the CDC. We also know that that's not true. We know there is emergency use authorization. We know that based on the Pfizer documents, that they were also causing a huge number of problems. And going on the data when it first came out back in 2020, that they were thinking that this had five times or ten times the amount of death rates from the flu. Now we know that COVID-19 is no worse than the flu. So just knowing it, how this is written, a lot of the information on this bill is completely um, wrong. It's erroneous. Now the bill goes on to state, major news outlets have reported that some of the most dangerous propagandas of inaccurate information regarding COVID-19 vaccines are licensed healthcare professionals, period. You betcha, if you're in an emergency room and you're seeing young children die of cardiac issues, you're the first one there to see this. We have over a 1,000 athletes in the last two years that have died of cardiac issues, and we're talking the average age is 23. And you're looking at people with autopsies, or the, the, the physicians, the pathologists are seeing, I mean, incredibly damaging stuff associated with the vaccines. And then it goes on to state that they're going to be disciplinary action. Now, this, the bill goes on to state, quote, it shall constitute unprofessional conduct for a physician and surgeon to disseminate misinformation or disinformation related to COVID-19, including false or misleading information regarding the nature and risk of the virus, its prevention, treatment, and development, safety, and effectiveness of the COVID-19 vaccines, period. So if you look at this, back when, and so this means that Biden, if he was a licensed physician, he would get censored um, because remember he was saying, look, just get shot. If you didn't get the shot, you're not going to get um, the, the disease. However, now we're seeing all of the leaders of the world double boosted and they're still getting sick. We know it doesn't stop infection. It doesn't stop transmission. And that is now fact. So when this bill was written, a lot of the statements in here are, are not correct. Now here, and I encourage you to look up the case against the physician gag order by the brownstone.org. Um, 
and this is Aaron Gerardi, a physician licensed in the state of California. Now, he's the, the director of Health and Human Flourishing Program at the Zephyr Institute in Palo Alto. He was also served as the chief of ethics at the Unity Project. Now, what he goes on to state, now, this was his statement before the committee, before they approved it. So, quote, science evolves constantly. The text of AB 2098 makes statements about COVID and COVID vaccines that are already outdated. Number one, the death count figures are overestimated, failing to distinguish dying from COVID and dying with COVID. Two, the efficacy of vaccines has declined with time and new variants, so the vaccine efficacy statistic cited in the law is no longer true of the vaccines against Omicron. And three, the new COVID vaccine safety issues have come to light with emerging research. These documents revealed concerning safety issues in the first three months of the vaccine rollout. Last week, a study in the New England Journal of Medicine showed a negative vaccine efficacy against Omicron infection. A peer-reviewed study two weeks ago found sperm counts in men after vaccine that these findings were unavailable when the law was drafted. So he's making the statement that, look, this bill was drafted without knowledge, okay, without the knowledge that we have today. And even in the writing of the bill, the bill is wrong. Yeah, but guess what? It was signed in the law. So now you know that it's not about safety or protection. There was also an article at a Desert Review, and this was brilliant. I mean, he is just, you could tell, he's a tough guy. Rebuttal to California's um, Bill AB 2098, Muzzling Doctors. Now, um, he goes on, the bill titled AB 2098, which calls for state medical board to revoke the license of any physician who expresses, get this, an opinion contradicted by contemporary scientific consensus of the standard of care. Uh, I'm not even sure what that means, but holy cow, they literally started to outlaw opinions. He goes on to state, not sure what genius came up with this bill, but pretend that there is a scientific consensus on a novel disease with a novel gene therapy is absurd. This is not how science works. Medicine is or was constantly trying to increase its knowledge base throughout history. In fact, one of the core responsibilities of a physician, not just to care for a patient as their primary consideration, but also to add knowledge to the discipline and teach to others. I mean, just take blood pressure, for example. In 1997, normal blood pressure was considered 120 over 80. In 2004, they changed that to 115 over 75. In 2014, they changed that to 150 over 90 if you were um, over 60. So think of that. Blood pressure is not in a consensus. That changes every 10 years. Now, when you go on, um, and this is, again, this is American Association of Physicians and Surgeons, Jennifer Frost, Current evidence doesn't support an absolute threshold for initiating, whether it's 130 over 80 or 140 over 90. 
the greatest benefit comes from treatment of very high blood pressures for those at high risk of cardiovascular disease. Had blood pressure gets lower, the benefit of treatment gets smaller. The guideline moves the threshold down the continuum, which may benefit some and which leads to unnecessary treatment or associated harms. Isn't that something? Now, you can look at the University of Alabama, and this is like we're just talking blood pressure. So whatever your propaganda brain programming from looking at the television and having the television tell you to be afraid of something that's no worse than the flu, which is now we know that the death rate from the corona 19 is no worse than the flu. But let's just look at blood pressure just for the heck of it. They studied blood pressure, and scientists found, and this is the University of Alabama, scientists found that the risk of stroke went up by a third for each blood pressure medication taken. People who needed three or more blood pressures were at a 248% higher risk of stroke than those with normal systolic blood pressure. Quote, you're in as much trouble by the time you're on three medications that achieve excellent control as you are when you have hypertension that's untreating, which is amazing. We want to raise the issue that despite great advances in a pharmaceutical approach, relying on solely on this approach is going to come at a dear price of people's lives. And, and you know, I'm bringing up this fact because I've got to bring up a case study that's going to blow your mind, okay? Heart problem. Okay, let's look at cardiovascular deaths. Represents 31% of all global deaths. That's like one in three. Okay, 80% of those deaths are in low-income countries. So now, do you see a lot of people saying, look, take care of your heart. Eat right. Don't eat poisons. Look at that. I mean, we just read that if you're taking blood pressure medication, it increases your risk of stroke. 800,000 people in the U.S. die from heart disease or stroke. This is every freaking year. 2,200 Americans die every day, every 40 seconds. Cardiovascular disease kills more people than all forms of cancer combined. Okay, so we're looking at, you know, a huge number of Americans are living with this. Now, what kind of drugs do they treat this with? Well, let's look at the top three selling drugs. Lipitor, which is a cholesterol-lowering drug, $5.2 billion. Prilosec, a heartburn drug, $4.6 billion. Zocor, another cholesterol drug, $3.6 billion. These are billions of dollars, and that's every year. So just looking at the cholesterol drugs, who gets these drugs? Anyone 25, well, this is going back to the parameters. Before 1984, it was any um, middle-aged man, 25 years old or over, with a cholesterol of 240 and other risk factors such as smoking or overweight. At the Cholesterol Consensus Conference in 1984, they said anyone with cholesterol over 200 receives a prescription. And recently, that's been moved down to anyone over 180. I'm sorry, what were we talking about? Consensus? And who gets these drugs? Current edicts stipulate that cholesterol testing is even for young adults and children. Now, when we look at this, and this is expert review of clinical pharmacology, cholesterol-lowering drugs stimulate hardening of the arteries and heart failure. Um, the statin drugs 
may be a causative factor in coronary artery calcification. Statins, the cholesterol-lowering drugs, inhibit the synthesis of vitamin K2, a cofactor for the matrix of protein activation, which in turn protects the artery from calcification. This is why, you know, on a side note, that the first cholesterol-lowering drugs actually um, were mixed with coenzyme Q10, and they stopped that because it's too expensive for the manufacturing process. So the article goes on to state that thus the epidemic of heart failure and hardening of the arteries that plagues the modern world may be paradoxically be aggravated by the pervasive use of statin drugs. We propose that the current statin treatment guidelines be critically reevaluated. Now that was 2015. Do you think anyone's done that? No. Okay, so I'm going to bring up this patient. Okay, now really cool guy. Lots of trauma, reverse curve of the neck, multiple rotational malpositions. And when you're in the medical system, okay, you're going to have drugs given to you. Now, we already know that blood pressure drugs increase your risk of stroke and cholesterol-lowering drugs uh, increase your risk of heart failure. So if you're taking those two, then there could be damage. Now, this guy was taking 16 different medications. Now, the average doctor or the average patient over 60 is taking 12 prescriptions a year. Now, now 16 drugs, some of them are two times a day. He's actually taking 24 pills a day. Now, he's taking a handful of medications at twice a day, handful. Now, um, I'm just going to name them. Faricac, um, Genuvian, um, Lodipine, Aspirin, Moncalux, Omprazole, Valsartan, Simbicote, Sertazine, Metropol, Ferris Glutinate, uh, Avorstor, Statin, Lantus, Lazapam, Ezetimibi, and Eliquis. So, now just for the heck of it, just for the heck of it, if you give vitamin C to 10 people, are they all going to have the same reaction? No. If you give a cholesterol-lowering drug to 10 people, are they all going to have the same, the same response? No. It's craziness. It's, it's foolishness. So if you give 16 different drugs to one person and he's taking them through multiple, multiple times a day, do you think he's going to have a predictable reaction? No, it's impossible. So, um, and, and just, again, um, we're looking at the psychosis of, medical, of, of the medical approach. It's all designed to, to alter symptoms and physiology based on crazy opinions that don't matter about, I mean, physiology. Because if you're looking at physiology, anything a human does, they've got to take in nutrients, eliminate, uh, eliminate waste products, and produce proteins. So anything that helps your body's processes is going to be good. Anything that harms your body's processes is going to be bad. So let's just look at Genuvia. Okay, that's the first one I read. Now, uh, it's an exercise, it's a drug 
um, for type 2 diabetes. Now, type 2 diabetes is a blood poisoning that is correctable 100% of the time. It is not a disease. It's from toxicity and deficiency. Now, if you look at the movie Simply Raw, you'll see 100% of the people recover from type 2 diabetes. So instead of changing his lifestyle, instead of allowing his body to, to detox the system, they give him the drug. Now, what are the effects of this drug? Well, you can, you can lower some blood sugar. However, it will also cause severe autoimmune reaction, itching, blisters, and breakdown of the outer layers of skin. Severe and ongoing joint pain and pain in the joints. Little or no urination. Now, that's huge. The little or no urination means that the body can't detox. And that's also, that's going to cause severe problems further on down the road. Symptoms of heart failure and shortness of breath, even while lying down. Swelling in your legs or feet or rapid weight gain. Low blood sugar, headaches, runny nose or sore throat. Now, those are all the, you can call them side effects, but they're the effects in, of this drug that they have to list. Now, just for the heck of it, okay, amylodipine, because we don't have a lot of time to go over each one of these drugs, but amylodipine is the next one on the list. It's used to treat high blood pressure. Now, it's going to lower blood pressure. Now, we know that for every one blood pressure drug you take, your risk of stroke increases around 30%. Well, this drug will also cause pounding heartbeats, fluttering in your chest, worsening chest pain, swelling in your feet or ankles. Oh, the other one causes swelling in the feet and ankles. Um, severe drowsiness, lightheadedness, feeling like you might pass out. Well, of course, it's a blood pressure drug, so it's lowering oxygen to the brain. Dizziness, drowsiness, feeling tired, stomach pain, nausea, and um, itchy or tingly feeling. Now, he's also taking an aspirin. Now, the aspirin, uh, you might say, well, yeah, an aspirin a day for a healthy heart. Of course, there are a couple of studies out that show that it's actually dangerous for gastrointestinal bleeding and dangerous for kidney function and increases risk of stroke. But an aspirin a day is common that doctors are going to give um, for people who have had cardiac issues because they want to thin the blood. Now, there's juicing, blending, and water will also thin the blood. However, if you take an aspirin, you can get, um, then these, again, these are the effects on the jar, ringing the ears, confusion, hallucinations, rapid breathing, seizure, convulsions, bloody stools, coughing up or vomit that looks like coffee grounds, fever lasting longer than three days, upset stomach, heartburn, drowsiness, mild headache. Crazy. So when you look at this, I'm just going to read one more drug. So we're only going to go over four of the 16 drugs that he had. Um, Monte Lucas. Monte Lucas. Now, this is a drug used to prevent exercise-induced bronchial constriction, so kind of like an asthma drug. Now, when we know asthma is a smooth muscle control of the lungs, and you can look at our lung health videos, you're going to see it's really clear that you've got to restore the nerve supply and you've got to hydrate the system. 
But now let's see what this drug, the effects of it, have in the body. Well, agitation, aggression, feeling of restlessness, irritability, anxiety, stress, depression, confusion, memory, attention, stuttering, tremors, uncontrolled movements, suicidal thoughts, suicidal actions, hallucinations, repetitive behaviors, fever, flu, ear pain, trouble hearing, headache, cold symptoms. Now, just for the heck of it, imagine, imagine. Now, I'm just named four of the 16 drugs this guy is on. Um, what happens if you mix two of those or you take all four at one time or you do all 16 at one time and you do that twice a day? What are the effects? So when I talk to a patient, I ask them a couple of things. If you had no access to pharmaceuticals, and you were left on a deserted island, and you only had fresh fruit, fresh fish, and fresh water, you had no access to pharmaceuticals, would your health improve or decline? And uh, guess what 100% of people say? Well, doc, it would probably improve. Yeah, no kidding. So, so people know innately that taking multiple, multiple medications or multiple chemicals to alter your physiology in the long run is not going to be good for you. And people know that their body is intelligent. You give it the right materials, it's going to regenerate. So looking at this, it's hugely important that you understand that your body is always adapting to certain stressors, physical, chemical, emotional stressors. It's complete ignorance to not look at the interaction of two medications. But what happens? We're in a system that the pharmaceutical industry is 80% of the advertisements on TV. And the purpose of TV is not to give you news. It's not to give you entertainment. It's not <coughs> to give you education. The purpose of TV is to sell advertising space. And this is huge. So if you understand that, the purpose of every program is brought to you by Pfizer, brought to you by AstraZeneca, brought to you by this. So we are in a pharmaceutically controlled media. And this is what, what every group that has taken over countries has got to control the information going to the public. Now, when you look at it, it's, it the, the pharmaceutical industry has not just controlled the TV. They're controlling the politicians. This is why their lobby groups are so huge. And this is why you see so many governors going along with the insane recommendations of being afraid of something no worse than the flu and doing massive draconian measures that now, in hindsight, we know had no positive effect on helping the people's immune system. So how do you get off of these medications? Well, there's a couple of clinics. One of them is called True North, and this is run by Dr. McDougall. And he says, first day, he tells everyone, throw all their drugs in the trash can except for insulin. Now, this is hugely important. So, so when I'm talking to my doctors in Mexico, I ask them, is there any protocol for getting people off of drugs? 
and there isn't any. This is why we have polypharmacy, which more people are dying from that than virtually any other disease. So how do you get off of the drugs? First, understand your body is adapting. Physical, chemical, emotional stress will put your body in a stress state. Blood pressure is the easiest one to tackle. Deep breathe 15 minutes before you check your blood pressure. That's deep diaphragmatic breathing 15 minutes before you take your own blood pressure. When you get that blood pressure reading, call up your doctor, tell him you've made some lifestyle changes, and you want to reduce some of your medications. Okay, if you're taking multiple blood pressure drugs, for sure, sure as heck, never take two drugs together. And I'm not talking just blood pressure. I mean, never take two drugs together. Because there is no science in the world that says that the antacid with the beta blocker, with the ACE inhibitor, with the antidepressant, with these things, what they do together. There's very little knowledge on what one drug will do in multiple people. So this, you've got to take charge of your health. But measuring blood pressure is the easiest one. Because if you're deep breathing 15 minutes before you check it, you're going to find out that it's too low. And you're not going to require the medications. And if your doctor will not lower them, because typically if, they're, if you're lowering your medications on your own, you're not going to be his patient very long, or her patient. So find a physician that's going to work with you. And, but just keep going back. Anything that helps your body respond to the environment is good. Anything that helps your body build healthy cells and eliminate waste products is going to be a good thing. Anything that doesn't do that, that altering your stress response is not good. This is Dr. John Bergman talking with virtually no voice. I went to a seminar this weekend and I mean, we were studying and playing and everything, so I earned this funky voice. But I am your voice of reason. God bless you, and you're going to take charge of your health. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.